0: Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com slash family. Welcome to another edition of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Michael Rand via Zoom. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Appreciate you guys waving once again over Zoom, the uh, the audio medium, but you know it, it counts for me. I appreciate that. We're going to discuss.
1: Well, we see it. So, if, yeah. if it matters to you, it matters to us. Yeah, <laughs> you're the one that really matters here, not the listener.
0: <laughs> We're going to discuss the Vikings purge amid the NFL wide purge of players and salaries and contracts that's happening right now. As the salary cap has officially been set at almost 16 million lower than it was last year something that really nobody in the NFL saw coming. Uh, We're going to get into what the Vikings are doing to get under that number, how that's going to affect their roster, as well as just looking around the NFL at all the names that are going to be released, available. Certainly people that um, Vikings fans are going to want the front office to jump on as we see certain offensive linemen get let go left and right. Um, We'll talk a little bit about, uh, the compensatory picks as well getting awarded today. Um, the NFL Pro Day Circuit getting underway, or College Pro Day Circuit, I should say. And then we will take your Vikings questions. Uh, guys, we got to start off with what the Vikings are doing right now a week before free agency, a week before March 17th and the actual 2021 league year begins. Uh, they're shedding salary, they're shedding players, as we talked about, Mike, a couple weeks ago. So far, no surprises. Kyle Rudolph, Dan Bailey have been let go. Um, but I guess, Ben, starting with you, it, it seems to me like they're trying to restrict the purge on their own roster as much as possible by the fact that, hey, they tried to keep Dan Bailey, according to his agent, and restructure that contract. Um, and obviously, they're going to have to do some more things. So, Ben, why don't you just talk about the story you're working on here and kind of what the Vikings are doing to get under that salary cap number?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, you, you laid it out nicely they They are certainly trying to. Manage the fact that the cap is lower, which nobody expected. I mean, w- when this got set, when when teams were setting these deals, for example, when the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins, when the Vikings signed Daniel Hunter a couple of years ago, Anthony Barr, Riley reef, I'm just going down the list of their highest paid players. Obviously, all of these deals, with the possible exception of Cousins, were done long before the word coronavirus was a thing that took our lives over. So. Cousins, they did because they had to to get under last year's cap. But all of these other deals were planned in a world where the stadiums were going to be full, and there was no concern that the cap was going to drop precipitously because of empty stadiums. So, just a quick reminder: the way the cap gets set is they look at the overall revenue pile for the league. Players get, I think it's like forty eight percent of that number that's negotiated through the collective bargaining agreement. So, the way that the players get their share of the pie is, of course, through the way that the salary cap is set. So the fact that the revenue was lower with stadiums being empty and attendance, I, well, attendance doesn't matter. It's the stadiums being empty. So it's concessions, tickets, et cetera. Teams not getting that money. That means the overall pie is lower and the pie that the slice of the pie that everybody gets is smaller. So that's why our cap is lower this year. And that's why everybody's having to scramble because everybody did their deals with players long before any of this became a thing. So of course the way NFL deals work is not all of them are guaranteed, unlike every other pro sport in America. So teams can get out of them without major financial penalties. They have some things to worry about, but not as many as other sports. So it's going to lead to things like we saw with Rudolph with Dan Bailey. Uh they still need to cut like two and a half million dollars before next Wednesday to get under the cap. You cannot be over the cap at any time. So they will have to get under that number by next Wednesday. I, I think and I'm working on a story for the paper tomorrow, just about the moves to watch what they could do from here to get under the cap. And I don't think they necessarily have to cut anybody. Like you mentioned, Andrew, to get there. I think, I, I certainly think they're interested in bringing Riley reef back on a new deal. Uh, the fact that they kind of gave him the extra million dollars at the end of the year on his incentive, I think was a goodwill gesture in a lot of ways to say, Hey, we, we want to keep working with you. I, I think, He's amenable to that as well. I think he likes playing here. I think he likes playing you know, near his home state of South Dakota. So I think that's certainly a, a possibility. Harrison Smith is in the last year of his deal. He's played all the way through it to this point. Has no guaranteed money, so I think an extension there. You can lower his cap number from $10.25 million, give him a little bit of guaranteed money, and then buy yourself a little bit of space that way. So those are moves I would watch. I would look for Anthony Barr, though – Every time the question of paying Anthony Barr less money has come up, Vikings have decided to go the other way. So um, he's due a cap number of just over $15 million next season. So that's an awfully big number given what he is, but they certainly value him, I think, in a way that is different than a lot of people might as we've talked about. So that, that's a possibility, but I think Reef, Smith – I would keep an eye on Shamar Steffen, who's at a $5 million cap number, whether that's a cut or a restructure. Again, that's a player they like a lot, probably more than some people might. So that's one that I would keep an eye on, though I think he may still be here. And then the other one, uh, similar to Dan Bailey, is Britton Colquitt, cap number of $3.2 million for a punter. I could see that being something where they try to get a restructure done as well. So possible there would be other things like – Redoing a cousins deal. I don't see that this year. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, Adam Thielen, I don't know that I see it this year necessarily, um, but those would be other guys you could look at. And then the the Daniel Hunter situation kind of looms over all of this. And I don't know that that gets settled by next Wednesday, but uh, I would keep an eye on Reef. I would keep an eye on Smith. And then it's kind of with Barr, Stefan, and Britton Colquitt in that mix as well.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about Daniel Hunter here in a bit later, but Mike, out of everything Ben just laid out, what's, what's the most difficult, or what's the decision that's most interesting to you from your perspective?
2: I mean, the I guess the, the two that are interesting to me are reef and bar just, those are big money. Those are, you know, guys who I think reef, you'd have a real hard time in 2021 convincing me that they're going to be, you know, he was one of their better linemen last season on a, on a line that I think most people would agree was adequate at best and probably worse than that. Um, You you probably need to figure that one out. And if it sounds like he's amenable to that, then, you know, both sides wanting that is a, you know, is a good thing for, uh, you know, it's a good thing for them. But uh, yeah, the bar one is, is a tricky one because that's a big, number it's a guy coming off an injury um it's, it's you know they like him a lot as we've talked about plenty of times ben has laid that out as to why you know mike zimmer wants him so much in this defense but if they can bring you know the problem is anytime you're talking about bringing these guys number down it's it's kind of pushing it to the future right it, it's adding guaranteed money probably to 2022 2023 things like that so it's when the the cap will be there in those years i imagine they'll start accelerating back up again but how long term do you want to be committed to a lot of these guys kind of becomes that that kind of tricky balancing point with with how they're going to navigate 2021 in this lower cap number which is 16 million lower than last year but does seem like it's even a little bit higher at least from what the early projections were so teams at least yeah to ben's point weren't You know, two years ago, nobody had any idea this was coming. But you know, for the last eight nine months, I imagine they've had a pretty good idea that it could be this low and perhaps even lower. So this shouldn't come as a surprise to them from that regard, right?
1: They they have been preparing for this, and yes, you're right. It could have been lower. They the initial floor they were talking about was 175, and then they so they added seven and a half million dollars to that. There have been reports that if they decided to eat all of it this year, could have been a could have been as low as 160. So, I mean, that would have been catastrophic, I think, for a lot of teams trying to plan to be competitive in 2021, and the NFL doesn't want that, especially when they're trying to get these TV deals done. They like the fact that everybody can go into a season with a decent chance of thinking they're going to be competitive. So they have massaged a little bit of this, I think, and probably borrowed a little bit from the future to cover some of the losses in the present. But so it's not as bad as it could have been, and teams have also been preparing for this. The contract you should look at, As proof of that is the one the Vikings gave to Dalvin Cook the day before last season started. Dalvin Cook has a base salary this year of just $1.5 million. And I have been told that was set that way with the explicit idea of, we know we're going to be in a tight spot in 2021, so we have to do this a little bit differently. And what they ended up having to do instead of that was guarantee Cook's deal probably further into – the The life of the contract than they would like. They have it fully guaranteed in 2022 when he's 27, and then he has a two million dollar guarantee in 2023. So they are under that deal a little bit longer than they'd probably like to be with a running back, and they gave him a big signing bonus too. But a lot of that was a trade off for, hey, we know we're going to be in a tough spot next year, so sure. we have to, if we're going to do this, plan accordingly
0: yeah, one of the juggling acts they've got to do, Ben, you brought up Anthony Barr and at linebacker and and kind of we've got so much money invested in Eric Hendricks and Barr. You got Eric Wilson set to hit free agency. Wilson can, as a case to be a ten million dollar linebacker himself. Um, Rick Spielman basically said last week, one of the most, I thought, one of the most insightful things or um, yeah, insightful things that he said was about the linebacker situation and saying, um, cause he likes to do these hypotheticals where he kind of says, let's say we're doing this or that. And it's something they're exactly going to do. Um, when he says, we went through a lot of different scenarios and if we got Daniel Hunter and we got Michael Pierce back, and then you have Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks back, he says, you can't fill every hole with expensive players. So if we weren't able to sign a guy like Eric Wilson, then you have Troy Dye or Blake Lynch or other guys who can step up to me. That's saying exactly what we all expect and that they can't afford to keep Eric Wilson because they want to keep Anthony Barr. And that's not something fans, at least we, from what I can gather, want to hear. That, that's something people keep saying. Barr's not worth his salary, not worth his salary. Um, ben, I think you said it well. The Vikings don't agree with that. They clearly no, they don't. And Rick Spielman said last week that, quote, Anthony is a critical piece of our defense. Just him on the field creates offensive coaches. And then he kind of talks over himself. He says they have to scheme up for, for him when he's on the field. Whether he's going to blitz or not blitz, it brings a unique perspective that way on our defense. So clearly they feel about him a certain way. And Mike Zimmer feels about him a certain way, which we know um, that makes swallowing, for instance, his $16 million cap hit or whatever it is a lot more palatable than it would be for another team.
1: Well, I think you got to look at the history with him too. Uh, they, they take him ninth overall in 2014 and for a team that's going to play a four, three defense. So that right there says that when you take him that eye, that fifth year option is going to be higher. You're, you're setting him up to be a key piece on your defense. They drafted him over Aaron Donald. Uh, now, they had Cherie Floyd at the time, but I think Aaron Donald was a the guy they were interested in for obvious reasons, but they made that pick in part because they liked what Barr could be as a chess piece. So you do that, you fast-forward to spring of 2018, was it, right, when they did the deal with the – and These years all run together. But
0: yeah, So they he, signed – Were he reneged on the Jets? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well yeah. – no, it would have been 19, right? I think it was
2: 2019 that that happened, because yes, it was yes, the year after this, Cousins signed, wasn't yes, it?
1: because that was the thing, because they signed Cousins, and from what I've been told, and I think we've discussed it before, just as a refresher, they knew at the time when they signed that Cousins deal, they were going to lose Kendricks or Barr, because they just weren't going to be able to afford everybody. They were going to pay Hunter, they were going to pay Diggs, they had to, they had a Sheldon Richardson that year, kind of the all-in year. They knew that you weren't going to be able to keep everybody. And from what I've been told, they said, we are picking Eric Kendricks. And if we lose Barr, then so be it. But when Barr gets to free agency the next year, the Jets give him the big deal. And then he decides, "Ah, I don't think I like this situation. I'm going to stay. The Vikings end up basically almost coming up to what he got from the Jets, which is not their way of doing things. Typically, they like to get the deals done ahead of time, control the cost a little bit more. That struck me as a decision made a bit on a, not on a whim, but as a, hey, if there's an opportunity here, let's go take this and keep this guy. So it, it doesn't strike me as one that's in keeping with the way they'd like to do things, which makes me think they said, okay, we played this too close to the line and we need to keep it. So there's that. And then there's the stuff that I think we've heard this year, both, the things you laid out, Andrew, about how defenses have to prepare for him. The other thing I've heard people say is that he matters so much to that defense, just in terms of getting guys lined up in terms of making adjustments at the line. And when you still got a young secondary, you've got um, corners that are still trying to figure things out. Anthony Harris, I don't think it's going to be back, at least not on a deal that would pay him much. So probably he's gone. You need some of those consistent pieces, and I think they like what Barr brings there.
0: They do. Um, Mike, with Anthony Barr, do you have any strong opinions on him right now in terms of kind of where he's at in his career?
2: I mean, it, it he, he might be one of those guys where you you miss him more when he's gone than you appreciate him when he's there, because their run defense last year was not good. I mean, we we, we we've been through plenty of what went wrong last year and a lot of it centers on the defense but you know in you know past game there, there was problems with pass us. there's problems with all sorts of things but and i don't think one player solves all those problems but you know the combination of not having bar and not having that kind of run stuffer in the middle which had traditionally been linval would have been Pierce last year if not for the opt-out that that exposes their running game so i you know their run defense So i think To me, you know, not being a, you know, a, you know, I'm not eating game film 24 seven. I'm not watching like exactly, you know, everything he's bringing to the table laterally, things like that, but you can see the quickness, you can see the explosive plays probably more than anything though. If you hear what the coaches are saying, he he probably does some of those little things that you don't appreciate as much until he's not in there anymore. And they, they really missed him in that regard, probably last year than, than anything else.
0: Well, yeah, and you've heard the coaching staff. I mean, outside of one side of his mouth, Mike Zimmer's talking about how much he likes him. And as he does on the other side, he calls him out sometimes. 2016, we all remember the, you know, that he has a tendency to coast or whatever because they love the splash plays that they see from Anthony Barr. They know that capability and they want to see that play in and play out. And I don't think you see that all the time with him. And maybe that's changed over the course of the past few years because we haven't heard that publicly um, but yeah, 2020, they, they certainly missed him in there and, and the Vikings feel like getting him, Pierce, Hunter, all these different guys back and then growing the younger guys with it is going to be enough and internally that seems to be how they're thinking. Um, guys, we should talk about Daniil Hunter though, um, before we get into some more stuff here with just NFL free agency coming up. Um, Daniil Hunter under contract for the Vikings. Ben, do you have it, his contract up because I believe he's under contract 2023? Yes, I do. 2023? Or something like uh,
1: that. Yes, that is true. He is under contract for three more seasons, counting this one. Um, $12.15 million base this year. $3.3 million of that becomes guaranteed uh, third day of the league year. So next Friday, he's in that group that has guarantees tied to that third day of the league year. So yeah. um, not that they're going to cut him, but <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. he signed through 2023.
0: And we have no indication if the vikings would ever dream or want to move on from him but we do know that daniel hunter's out here liking tweets about potentially getting traded or suitors saying hey i'd like to acquire daniel hunter um and we do know obviously that daniel ben as you reported was not happy with how a lot of things went down last fall around that neck injury in terms yep. of the team the information coming out all that stuff um so with that said ben what do you know about where daniel hunter's at currently in the situation with the vikings um, because it's going to be something that I don't think is going away anytime soon.
1: No, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be a question of is his, and I've, I've typically thought with him, the relationship is strong enough. And it, I think probably was when he first signed that deal that that wins out in the end. And he takes a deal like the one he took in 2018. And certainly the relationship with Andre Patterson is awfully strong and with some of his teammates, but. I do wonder, did last year and the way everything was handled, really, from the time that that injury happened to the contract and everything with the end of the year, did that sap enough of that goodwill that he's going to say, all right, fine, you got to pay me or this is going to be a big problem. Uh, I have heard a little bit and it's I'm still trying to figure out how much of this is posturing because it's hard for him, I think with a straight face to say, I'm coming off a neck injury and I want to get this, but Joey Bosa is the name I've heard tossed around in terms of where he wants to be. So this idea that the little bit I've heard that came out last year, when his camp kind of told NFL network at one point, he wants to be the highest paid player at the position. I, I don't think that's wrong. I mean, I, I think that was, it certainly was, I think coming from his camp at the time. And, But I think that's what they're shooting for. The question of whether they'll get it is a different one. But I don't think that was sort of coming from nowhere. Uh, I I think that is in his mind. And my question is going to be, where is the relationship with the team in regard to what he wants and how much they can afford? Because if it's not in this place that it was when he signed that first deal, which was very favorable to the team. Probably of all the deals they've done, that may have been the most favorable to the team. Uh, if it's not there, then that becomes a more expensive question to answer.
0: I think there's another, just to speculate, um, Mike, I think there's another factor to this too, right? It's, it's a neck injury. Maybe some of this, just to get in his head a little bit, because again, we haven't heard strictly from or straight from Daniil. Um, It's a neck injury. You've got to sit there and think at some point, wow, this can get taken away from me at any point um and we've heard the vikings come out and say it was such a freak injury it could have happened to anybody it was something on the practice uh, tape that they didn't even see right away and they had to go
1: back and something that rhymes with freak
0: so they had to go back and zapruder film it to figure out where the tweet came from uh all there those all those things and then yeah mike zimmer saying we thought he just slept on it wrong so with all that instead the speculation the conjecture can be too that you might want more money suddenly realizing that I need to maximize my, my spend or my earning power right here, right now, because who knows about next year, the year after that and so forth. And when you're built like Adonis, like this, this dude is, maybe that thought didn't really strike you before until you all of a sudden had a neck injury. And that's obviously just me speculating on it, but Mike, it's a fascinating situation because this guy's a defensive player of the year candidate when he's the best player on the field. And When Ben says Joey Bosa money, that's like $10 million more a year than he's currently making. That's such a bridge so far.
1: Average of $27 million a year, yes.
0: That's a bridge so far that I don't know how the Vikings make it work without just basically um, mortgaging his contract so far in the future that you're just saying, all right, we'll just be tied to you five years down the road, and we'll just give you all that money down the road because they can't afford to do it on the cap right now this year. No, and that's probably
2: we're going to see eventually the power struggle shake out, right? I mean, the... You know the people in charge right now, uh, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. We don't know exactly how long they'll be in charge, but let's let's assume they have a a reasonable season, a bounce back season this year. Let's say they go nine and seven, ten and six. They make the playoffs. Let's just say, that for the sake of argument, that happens, and that that they get some kind of you know midterm extension. I'm just playing this out in my head. I'm playing this out. There, at a certain point, I think Mike Zimmer has seen how how this has gone lately when they've spent big on the offense and not the defense, when they've been really invested in the resources here, they invested in Kirk cousins, you know, they, they, they paid digs until they traded him, but they're investing draft picks. They're investing. They gave Dalvin the extension, you know, you know, at a certain point, he's going to want to say, you know what, I think we're at our best when we're paying our, our prime defensive players, not our prime offensive players. So I think, you know, and, and, again, in my brain, all roads lead back to Kirk Cousins. I see how eventually you almost kind of have to make a choice between these two guys. Cause you can't pay Daniel Hunter, 22, 25 million dollars a year and keep paying Kirk Cousins like this and probably build a competitive team around them. Can you, I, I just don't know. So do you trade Daniel Hunter right now, maximize his trade value and then bring something back? Or do you do a deal at some point where you kind of make him make him right and understand that, you know, maybe by 2023, you're going to have a cheaper solution to quarterback.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you can do it. We've said that multiple times over them trying to keep certain guys together on this team and they found a way to do it here or there, but not with Kirk cousins necessarily making 31 on the cap 45 on the cap next year. Um, that's why it creates an interesting part. So when Ben's setting up their their financial situation at the beginning of this podcast, And he's talking about it doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now necessarily to do a Kirk Cousins extension. Well, it does if you believe in him, right? It does if you like think, yeah, five more years of it, sign me up. Um, Maybe Kirk doesn't want to do it. And it takes two parties to want to do it, certainly. But if you're the team, why not try to lower that and mortgage it out? Unless you think, gosh, maybe we need to make a change here at quarterback down the road. We shouldn't necessarily tie ourselves to him that much longer. Ben, what do you think? Well,
2: the smartest smartest thing his people did was make that 2022 number $45 million because then they got a real question to ask themselves. You can't go into that year probably paying him $45 million unless you're just willing to eat that whole year and just say, okay, play it out because 45 is an awfully big number. So you set yourself up for another extension or a trade at that point.
1: His situation is so fascinating to me because – it he's almost like a comic book character in the sense that he played on that franchise tag and like the adversity of I don't know where I'm going to be next year molded him into something that could deal with that. It's it almost like an origin story or something um, because he he says when he signs with the Vikings I don't need six years because what teams typically do is we we throw the big number out there of 150 million dollars the Dak it. Prescott deal right right it, it becomes it becomes something where you have this long term solution and you take the overall number and the long-term security and I don't have to worry about anything for the next six or seven years and you sacrifice earning potential in the overall life of the contract and certainly in the short term what he said instead was I don't care about that I want a guaranteed deal now a fully guaranteed deal now which he got in 2018 and then I'm going to have another crack at the free agency market when I'm like 32 years old and he understood I may not be the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but I'm still a very employable quarterback and somebody is going to pay me to be their quarterback, even if it's not this team. So I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to say I'm okay with the uncertainty of not knowing where I'm going to be six years on the road because I'm going to get all the leverage I can get right now. And then when that cap number is high, because again, the, the reason teams do the long-term deals is so that they can put a lot of this cash in a signing bonus and then stick a lot of the cap way into the future. He said, I don't need to do that. I want the guaranteed money right now. And it's almost more like a baseball contract. And then when you need to come back to me to lower my cap number, I'm not doing a team friendly deal. I said, I, you know, he basically, I think said last year, yeah, we'll do a deal. That's fine. But there's gotta be something in it for me too. And there certainly was in terms of the signing bonus, That essentially forces them back to the table, I think, in a lot of ways next year when he's still only going to be 34 years old before, you know, in training camp next year. So he could reasonably say, hey, let's do another three year deal. And the the numbers keep going up with uh, the TV contracts coming into it. So he has said, I don't care about the long term security. I am going to take the short term leverage and I am going to use it to my fullest extent. And he's been able to do that, which I also think means that if they came to him now, he'd say, well, and we heard him say it, I think in an interview a few weeks ago, that I'm fine playing this one out because he knows that he has a lot of leverage in the short term. And I I think he understands that given what he had happened in Washington, you don't need to be everybody's best friend. You try to take care of your own situation because these teams don't necessarily, um, give you handouts when you're looking for one either so i think that's where he's going to play it.
0: well dan bailey did not get a handout the vikings moved on from him we did not talk about the kicker situation so let's do that quick before we take some twitter questions um guys the vikings will be looking for ben what is it the fifth kicker in the mike zimmer era for a regular season yes.
1: game. not counting harry vick that's right. We both say Corey Beedbick right away. Um, Walsh, Forbath, Carlson, Bailey. Yes, this will be number five, not counting and, the Corey Beedbick era.
0: And Mike, I want you to talk about quick what you just wrote about and how kicking has affected the Mike Zimmer era overall. Yeah,
2: and this doesn't even get into the extra point fiascos they've had over the years, but basically – Four years that Zimmer teams didn't make the postseason, uh, which happened to be the even numbered years. We're all aware of that. Uh field goal kickers for them made seventy five percent of their field goals. That's Walsh, that's a little bit of Carlson for two games, uh, but a few misses. Um and Dan Bailey. Hey, those, those,
1: those two games.
2: Yeah. Had a lot had a lot of misses in those two games and a little bit of four bath in twenty sixteen. So uh, 90 out of 120 in those four seasons for field goals, 75%, way below the league average. League average is like 84, 85% in that time, most of those years. The three years they make the playoffs, they're up at 88% field goals. So I don't know if this is a, I don't know what the cause effect is here, really. I I, I mean, I'm not trying to connect all the dots, but it is, I guess, the the overarching theme is that when they've been good in the kicking game and they've had some stability there, they've made the playoffs. And when they've, you know, they changed kickers in 2016, they changed kickers in 2018, Bailey struggled all sorts of, of, of problems last year. They missed the playoffs and it, there's other problems each of those years too. I'm not saying it's all a kicking game, but if they can get this figured out, they have a much better chance of making the playoffs. And that's been demonstrated during the Zimmer era.
1: They also play a lot of close games. I mean, and, and every NFL team does, but, They like to play low scoring games that are close or in the case of last year, it becomes a lot of high scoring games that are close and close games. If you have a kicker you can count on, sometimes that can make the difference.
0: Yeah. So the Vikings wanted to hold on to Dan Bailey to have him be part of a competition. They signed Greg Joseph, the Buccaneers practice squad kicker to come in and and they decided after the season clearly that they were going to have a new competition and they wanted Dan Bailey to be a part of it, but the agent had said publicly that they wouldn't, couldn't agree to terms on a renegotiated deal for him to compete to be on the team. And so the Vikings are going to be looking for another kicker to compete with Greg Joseph most likely uh, could be coming here through the draft. They've got 12 draft picks now after getting awarded two compensatory picks today on Wednesday of this week, they have an additional fourth rounder an additional sixth rounder. Ben, I saw, you note know, they only have one seventh. That, that's a challenge,
1: right? Challenge accepted is <laughs> only one in the seventh right now they right have now. four in the fourth round mm, I, think is, that yeah. I mean 15 last year you, you, 15 is cute but let's go 20 Why not? there's
0: gonna, there's gonna be a 30 for 30 on how he uh, flipped one seventh round pick into half the seventh round uh and acquired uh what, the what
1: was the old picks. uh the, the, the like the the safety clip or the paper clip thing yeah
2: like the, it turned like one yeah one turned into a house color. like one red yeah. paper clip remember that yeah
1: yeah Yeah, it's
2: like that, except in reverse, (laughs) where you wind up we trade a house for like
0: a thousand paperclips.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of but how it's gone.
0: All right, guys, let's let's get to some Twitter questions here. Uh, We got about ten minutes here before we got to wrap up. Um, We got a good one here from Kim. Kim wants to know who is going to replace Anthony Harris at safety for the Vikings. A lot of free agent safeties are going to be coming available. A lot of guys getting cut. Kenny Vaccaro got cut by the Titans today. Um, there's going to be, a, I think me and Mike talked about it two weeks ago on the podcast, guys like Malik Hooker, Trey Boston, there's some really productive players, veterans out there who the Vikings could sign. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be spending a whole lot of money. It's just not their MO. So, um, either of you, do you have any strong opinions kind of on what's, what's going to go down at safety next to Harrison Smith?
1: You know, it'll be interesting to see if a, a second, a second year player, that they brought in last year, maybe gets a chance there like Josh Metellus or, or somebody like that. I could see them trying to do that um, given the, the amount of playing time that a lot of those rookies had last year. I could see that being an option. Um, yeah, th- this free agent market is going to be interesting because some of these guys you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of guys that get squeezed here in the next week that are looking for deals, maybe one year deals so they can get back into the market in 2022 when the cap theoretically will go back up. The other thing that will play into the Vikings' minds, and you just talked about the comp picks, but if it's a guy that gets cut, that player does not factor into the compensatory pick formula for the following year. So you can sign those players without having it go into the mix of whether you get compensatory picks based on the unrestricted free agents you lost and the ones that you signed. These players that get cut are not considered unrestricted free agents. They're considered street free agents. So they do not factor in, to that math, That matters to the Vikings. So I think if there's a guy out there that makes sense, you can, this could be in a number of different positions, but I certainly think that middle-class market, that's going to be kind of a unique thing this year is worth watching.
2: I don't have any big opinions about safety, but I wanted to echo what Ben said. Like this would be a great year to have a lot of cap space because a lot of these teams that are pinched up against it are going to be, there's going to be a lot of, like you said, like mid-level, like good, solid, starter level players that are available maybe some of them could still wind up here even on you know cheaper one-year deals like you said but this would you know teams that are that were already in a good cap situation are in a great cap situation uh because of everything that's happened they're gonna have a lot of room to sign a lot of quality players probably for less than they otherwise would have Place I that if-
1: colts uh super bowl future bet now is that what you're
0: saying sure I wonder if we're going to see some more trades too along those lines because we just saw Trent Brown traded from the Raiders to the Patriots in a situation where uh, the Raiders could get something for a guy they were going to cut and Brown took a renegotiated deal to go to New England for a lot less money knowing that hey I'm not going to get that much on the open market might as well go somewhere I can kind of uh, uh, repair my name and then like Ben said in 2022 be right back on the open market kind of it sets you up for a lot of prove it deals for players who have a lot of talent. And that's kind of what you want guys to be on. Cause you know, there's not that s- a small chance. They're just going to slough off because they got the money. So you're going to have a lot of guys trying to fight for that money. Additionally in 2022, what about a guy like Geno Atkins, who the Bengals clearly want to move on from that's been reported by a lot of people. Um, he's got a huge cap number though. So he might be more willing to renegotiate that for a team. Like let's say the Vikings, to come in and potentially redo that with the last two
1: defensive coordinators. With
0: yeah. I and then re, reunite with Paul Gunther, reunite with Mike Zimmer. I, it just makes so much sense. And, and I haven't heard anything along those lines. It's just putting together the tea leaves, reading them, whatever. It just seems like that makes a ton of sense. And then that a trade is a possibility. If you can get, if the Bengals can get anything out of them, out of the Vikings to, to get them um, because Gino might know that, Hey, there's not going to be a whole lot out there for a 32, 33 year old veteran. And then he knows, obviously, the Vikings are going to value him potentially more than a lot of other people. Um, So, yeah, it's just got some trickle effects, this free agency, um, in in terms of kind of how we could see these guys and the talents move around. Um, We got a question here from Royden wants to know, what is the best free agent option for the Vikings, defensive tackle or offensive line? And he notes that the draft is pretty deep in the offensive line, but not so much with the defensive tackles. Mike, what do you think?
2: Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Now, I mean, they need both, right? Um, it feels like I don't. I don't think you go into it trying to lock yourself into one or the other. I think you kind of let the market dictate what is the best fit, right? Um, if if there's a you solve one problem one way and one the other way, it just kind of depends on what you know, kind of what comes first, and then you know the and and obviously too, when free agency starts in a week, that's not the end of free agency, right? It's there's going to be moves made for months. You could, you could pick up a guy as a cut, uh, you know, a cut at camp, you know, four months from now, like everything that happens, isn't going to happen now. But if you're talking about my pet project, it's always offensive line. Like if they can, there seems like there's been some guards that have come onto the market lately. If you can get one, even on a one-year deal, boy, that would, that would sure make it feel like some problems were solved pretty quick.
1: Mike, I got three names for you. Yeah. All of these are free agents this year. Tom Compton. Mike Remmers, Pat O'Flynn, Nick Easton, run it all. Well, there's four. Run it all back. Oh, that's
2: mean. That's, that's uh, mean that's let's mean not scary. do that. How about we not do that? That'd be. I'm better. just trying to get Mike going. Yeah,
1: that's a Joe Hags, local guys. One of us.
2: Will this <laughs> be ahead. the fifth straight year they draft an offensive lineman in the top three rounds? It could be.
1: It uh, it's a change from what it used to be. That that old Phil Loadholt stat that we used to trot out every year that I'm sure Rick Spielman just loved. That's a long. Turn talk. that one.
2: Turn that one around in a hurry. Now it's been a long time since they invested in
0: defensive line, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it has. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Let's let's end on this here from McNugget. He wants to know as president of the Chicken Fingers for GM campaign, what should be the first move made when he's sitting behind the big desk in 2022? Mike,
2: first big move for Chicken Fingers. When he gets the job. Well, I mean, let's assume like, like everybody's everything that's been reported, Kirk Cousins. Leaks up, be,
1: to, the strip.
2: Yeah, first up to the strip. That should be his first move. His first personnel move. If he's in charge in 2022, let's assume Kirk Cousins is going to be here this year. I think he will be. I, I think he's, it's, it's probably just make it makes sense. He's, he's had two good, two good seasons in a row. Um, my first move, if I'm chicken fingers, when I get that job is I'm going to find a way to trade Kirk cousins uh, before that big $45 million thing happens. You're going to find a team that wants him, that is willing to give him an extension and start over at that spot. Cause as, you know, as, as above average as he is, I just don't feel like this is ever going to happen at the level they want it to happen with him here.
1: Uh, in 2022. Yeah. I mean, I I think the cousins thing is going to have to get addressed one way or the other. So yeah, you're coming in as a first year GM. I mean that's that's a big first job, but yeah, that's going to be probably what he has to deal with right away. And, and what better place to uh, announce that news with a uh, uh, late night text to your favorite reporters at the local newspaper?
2: <laughs> we'll even we'll even let him make a statement on this podcast.
1: There you go. We yeah we're we're just laying the groundwork.
0: I think the first move has got to be getting an offensive guard for Vikings quarterback Deshaun Watson in 2022. There you go. I think that's got to be the move. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Well, guys, we should probably end this podcast here. Thank you all for checking out the Access Vikings podcast. Please follow all of our
1: work at startribune.com. Maybe you should get off the podcast.